Welcome to Emotional and Spiritual Well-Being, the podcast that balances psychology and spirituality, helping you achieve well-being by discussing how the mind, will, and emotions interplay with the spiritual and physical. Here is your host, Sharon Wegman. So today, our podcast for Wellspring Solutions is going to be mental health and the church. As therapists, we see a lot of issues where a lot of people who come into our practice are scared of counseling as if it's shameful to come to counseling. They're scared of have being on medication. Apparently, that's the worst thing in the world that could happen. And so we wanted to kind of dispel myths kind of related to mental health in the church, but really kind of just create solutions and ideas of hope of why God, who is the ultimate counselor, really desires to bring counseling and medicine, because he's the ultimate healer, into a a system of using therapy and medicine to get better. My guest today is Kate Byler. Kate Byler is my intern. She's getting her degree at Thomas Jefferson University. And this is a passion of Kate's to be able to discuss these types of things. So we're going to be talking with her. Kate, why don't you talk a little bit about your own passion related to this? I've found or I've come across this a lot with people in the church and those struggling with mental health that they just don't have a place in the church or they've had reactions from the church body or leaders in the church that have left them even more traumatized than when they first walked into church. So I see this as a taboo subject and I would really like to shed light and help those victims of mental health in the church find some freedom and help them to know they're not alone and that just because one leader is saying something doesn't mean that has to be their truth. And so there also just seems to be a lack of education around trauma within the church too. And I think that is really important for us Christians in this community, whether you go to church or not, to know that there is some education around trauma and how it affects us. It's so true. Let me introduce myself. I did not introduce myself, but hopefully you know who I am if you're listening to this podcast. My name is Sharon Wegman. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I have a practice in Why Missing, Pennsylvania. But we also do podcasts. I do some writing, and I do really enjoy going out and speaking in the community. So let's go back to what you just said, Kate, about the biological issues related to trauma and the brain. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So what a lot of people don't know is that when we first encounter trauma, our brain is almost recording it as it happens. And because we're all biologically different, our brains are going to react very differently to a situation. So with that, When we're put in situations where maybe a trigger happens from a past trauma, our brain starts to work in a way as if that trauma is taking place again. So this means the person or the victim might be showing symptoms of mental illness. This all stems from anxiety or depression. They could have PTSD symptoms. 
and the the victim might not know, you know, what is happening, but really it's their brain trying to keep that person safe and trying to react in a way that it knows how from its past experiences, which a lot of people in the church were, were very unsure about them. Um, Sometimes we think it's something else, but really knowing that this is this person's brain, really trying to keep this person safe is going to help us understand that person a lot more. It's true. And I just read an interesting article yesterday about how that our brain and our DNA contains the trauma of past generations. So often even traumatic experiences that have happened to our forefathers can be passed down in our own DNA. So we might not have had the traumatic experience, but our forefathers, our ancestors may have had trauma, and we get the end result in our brain development. But the great thing is that God promises us that we can renew our mind. We can renew our mind. And I think it's really helpful for people to say and understand that their brains can be renewed as they apply different solutions to their brain structure. And there was something I also wanted to say regarding that, which is the idea that trauma is many times unknown. Many times when I map out people's family histories and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, I'll get to family history And people don't know what the traumas were of their grandparents or their parents because it's just never talked about, particularly here in Pennsylvania Dutch culture. (laughs) So what happens is there's a lot of unknown issues that we sometimes are fighting against. But when I'm mapping it out, I'm trying to figure out what are the feeds of what I see going on and how that person's brain is working. And I will often say, There's trauma in your past. You just don't know what it is. And we can fix that as you learn to change how you do things, think about things, process things, etc. Right. And I think it's really helpful as a Christian to know specifically what we're praying into and knowing that we can pray for changes in the biological makeup and not just praying for something that we don't know about because a lot of that that has passed through our DNA, a lot of us have tendencies in our DNA to be more anxious or more depressed, but really an event happens where that becomes exposed and then we can really pray into that specifically and even a certain part of the brain in what I'm learning at school, we could where we're processing emotions and healing for that and not just talk to it like it's a very big thing but God knows what's going on in our biological and I think it's really freeing to know we can pray specifically over that amen amen and that kind of leads into like we can pray into it sometimes we have to be on medication for a period Mm -hmm. of time I almost kind of think of it as when we've had a traumatic event we sometimes have had like a break like a bone break in this case it's the brain but if I've broken my leg I will sometimes need medication or if I have had some things happen, I'm going to need physical therapy. I'm going to need some kind of pain management for that broken leg. 
and I'm not going to be able to walk on it normally. So I often relate medicine to be like crutches sometimes, uh, depending on the type of problem that we're talking about. Some problems you're going to have to be on medicine for the rest of your life. I'm on mm-hmm. thyroid medicine. I'll probably be on thyroid medicine for the rest of your life, for my life. Please don't send me emails regarding this. I understand not natural alternatives. <laughs> okay. But but if I'm not fully healed naturally, I might have to be on that for the rest of my life because it causes other problems in my body, whether it's my heart, my muscular skeletal system, lots of things like that. So I often look at medication as the crutches that sometimes get us through traumatic situations. But depending on the situation, we might have to be on medication for the rest of our lives. And that's okay because there's a lot of unknowns in our brain history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we forget that God has created all his children to work as the body, whether they claim to know him or not know him. And I think part of that is these very brilliant people that have been able to create medicine to help us. And I, I, I believe taking off the shame and the taboo in that, that, you know, God's created some very intellectual minds that have created very freeing medication for people to keep jobs and be better parents, be a better, like more freeing version of themselves where they can function and, you know, make a living and, do what they're passionate about. Sometimes if that's what, if you need medication to be free and keep doing what you're passionate about, I don't think there's any shame in that because I think God created the body to help each other in that way. And I don't think meds is taking that out of the picture at all. It's a really powerful tool to find your grounding in. I've had to use it at various points in my life. I'm currently not on anything, but that doesn't dismiss the idea that I might need to be on something at a later point in time. I remember a situation in which I had moved to New Mexico and we, we were returning and everything was changing in the course of one week where what, what I was doing for a job, what I was doing for school, what I was doing, where I was living and, and re-entering grad school. And I remember just waking up in these huge panic attacks because my body was having trouble adjusting to all the changes. And it wasn't anything spiritual that I was doing. My body could not adjust fast enough to all of those changes. And we call that in the world of counseling, adjustment disorder, adjustment disorder mixed with depression, adjustment Mm -hmm. disorder mixed with anxiety. But that's a powerful time of that I needed something until my body could adjust to all of the transition in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're trying to dispel here, here as we talk is that while we both pray and attend church and read our Bible and mm-hmm. do all of those very spiritually healthy disciplines Sometimes there's other things that we need to access. And this, so what we're talking about is not necessarily sin problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all. We're going to call it trauma problems. Like my adjustment disorder was a trauma problem. My body couldn't adjust fast enough to all of the transition that was going on. And sometimes there's other things going on that we are adjusting to trauma. Or maybe organically, we have inherited something 
from a person in our past and our brain is wired that way Mm -hmm. so no amount of reading the bible and praying and going to church is necessarily going to change the brain structure it can help it right or change the past (laughs) (laughs) right exactly (laughs) exactly so we're just trying to dispel the idea that counseling is not spiritual It's actually super spiritual when you involve God in the process. And we're also trying to dispel the idea that medication is somehow sinful or not leaning Mm -hmm. into God. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's the stronger person who says, I'm going to take care of myself so I don't impact the people around me. Right. That's a really powerful person. Though many times I'll have people who come in here and they feel like failures because they're coming to counseling or they feel like failures because they have to take medication. I'm like, no. You, in fact, are one of the more powerful individuals because you have chosen Mm -hmm. to do what you need to do to empower yourself and or empower the people around you that have to deal with you. Mm -hmm. And it's just important to know that God wants you to take care of yourself, too. Yeah. (laughs) And so being able to come to counseling and having a space to do that or if you need to be on medication to get a little more regulated and things, then there's no condemnation. And these things are accessible to us in the time that we live in now. And I believe that's for a reason and things are changing and it's okay to move along with the change. And so you can take care of yourself. Definitely. Um, I was just having uh, this discussion today. I was thinking, you know, sometimes we've grown up in homes in which our own needs were not validated. You know, maybe we grew up in a home where children were asked to keep silent (laughs) and comply. Mm -hmm. And so, or maybe we had parents that were very selfish and they took care of their needs and not the needs of a child. What happens in the development then of that individual is they learn to repress what they need, right? To repress their needs, and the things that God put in them to bond with humans. Mm -hmm. And so when we we repress all those things, sometimes it's really hard to kind of understand what it is that we actually need. So sometimes we do need medicine, you know, because we can no longer numb out some of the anxiety or depressive symptomologies or other things that we're dealing with. We just can't numb it away. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if we're doing reading the Bible and we're singing hymns or worshiping and and praying and doing all these quote unquote Christian things just so we can not have this mental illness struggle or whatever is going on. It's almost like we're working with God on like a reward system and that's just not how he works. So I think then we get in that religious mindset of like, if I do these things, God will do this for me. And that is like so draining. And I don't think anywhere in how God has asked us to live as children to, you know, he doesn't give things to us because we do X, Y, and Z. So I just think that's another thing with the medicine and being able to take care of ourselves, that there's freedom in that. Right. So when you're numb, you don't know how to give self, Mm -hmm. self care, you know, when you grow up in a home where you're not taught that. So that's a lot of what we do here is learn how to give in therapy. We teach people how to figure out what they need and how to access the care that they need from not just humans, but more specifically from God, because Mm -hmm. he's our ultimate attachment. Mm 
-hmm. He's the safest possible attachment possible. And so that is what we do. And it's not that we're pushing people away from God or causing them to focus only on self. Focusing on self helps us understand what the needs are so we can talk about it with God as opposed to anything else. It's also, I think, what we do here, too, is important to create an environment of safety for people that have been through traumatic things. That's true. And through that safety, you are able to find yourself more. You're able to be more comfortable in talking about yourself because maybe you've grown up in an environment where you've never felt safe. And to come into a place where you can feel safe and be your absolute raw form could be very transformative. Yes, definitely. It's like you're you're healing all of your attachment issues that didn't happen right yeah. <laughs> back in your childhood. Um, and so I remember when I was in grad school a long time ago, one of my professors was a Christian and she was talking about, you know, the power of attachment with your therapist. Mm -hmm. If you are a Christian, understanding that they are finding that stability in a human who accepts them, embraces them, values them, validates them, aff affirms them, all of those things. It's not that we allow them to attach to us. We do mm -hmm. not. <laughs> but we're constantly pointing them to the ultimate force behind us, which is God. Mm -hmm. It's okay to admit that you're going through something. You need something more than maybe just prayer. <laughs> I have found it, it, that true. <laughs> a lot of people I have talked to have felt angry towards the church or the Christian community if you don't go to church, that to have someone say, we'll just pray about it feels very insensitive. That's true. I think, you know, the, the longer I'm a counselor, the more I see we need better education for our pastors and <laughs> in churches right. to understand you know, what works in one scenario doesn't work in another scenario. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so many factors that feed into that. Just like to see more education, psychoeducation within the church. Mm -hmm. uh, many times when I visit churches and I speak, people come up to me and they're like, I've never heard anyone talk about that. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, right. Um, let's just kind of summarize our our main thoughts I guess for me I was just thinking about a women's retreat that I went to and somehow sometimes I give I take questions and people write down questions that they're shameful to write about mm -hmm. or say in front of their friends and so somebody asked about what I thought about medication I'm like yeah I'm for it <laughs> and we discussed <laughs> we discussed mm -hmm. it and and it was so funny because this room which was full of women Nobody knew that no, the other person wasn't on medication. So apparently then somebody just offered to say, how many people are on medication? Uh -huh. And like all these arms went up in the room and they were like so free to be able to say, yeah, I've needed it because of this. Yeah, I've needed it because of that. Um, so it is a shameful topic. And I think somehow maybe even not by talking about uh -huh. it. It can create issues for people to believe it's a shameful thing when, in fact, it's just it's God's crutches. It's God's enabling us to walk in situations where sometimes we can't walk. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that would be a, um, more said from the pulpit, because I think what I feel like most churches are doing is trying to promote healing. I really do feel that way. Right. But sometimes there's um, unknown 
or myths that are expressed from the pulpit, whether it's expressed verbally or the fact that it's not expressed, that it can sometimes create an image of what that looks like. Yeah, I think from my own experience, I remember like three years ago when I decided to go to counseling for myself, I remember saying it in a very normal way and people around me not knowing how to react because it <laughs> is supposed to be something, I guess you keep a secret. <laughs> I don't know. And so as, you know, I would talk, be more vulnerable about it as to why. Next thing I know, I know a bunch of people signing up for counseling and it really transforms a lot of lives and helps relationships. And it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. I think that's a huge stigma about it is something's wrong with me so I have to go do this but really it's what's been done to you or just like you can take care of yourself there's that shame of like I did something so now I have to go get fixed when really it just helps in every area of your life with yourself with your spouse or your kids or your friendships it's very freeing so it's almost like you're also loving the people around you too I found that a lot with myself in counseling and um, my husband and my friends that once we decided to, to really like embrace the parts of us that need some healing, it healed relationships outside of us as well. Yeah. I just, again, want to say the people who come to counseling are the ones who want to become more powerful. Mm -hmm. They want to become more powerful with their emotions. They want to become more powerful with, their relationship with their spouse. They want to become more powerful in self, self-care, in their self-image, their self-esteem, all of those things. And sometimes we just don't know how to get there. And we've applied all the religious solutions and we still struggle with this. Um, so therapy has helped so many people. I just say the people who have done therapy, they're the stronger individuals because they have the one they are the ones who have chosen to say, I am going to allow somebody else to walk alongside of me to become more powerful in this area. Mm -hmm. It's ultimate accountability, really. Yeah. And I think some last thoughts that just came to mind is I would challenge the Christian community that I think we like to think we're really great at loving people and being awesome empathizers, but I think in this department, we really struggle because sometimes it can be someone that's struggling with something that's very different than us. And it can feel awkward and really uncomfortable. And I just think remembering like not what is wrong with them, but what are they okay? Or what's been done to them to create like eyes how Christ would see them because a lot of the ways we treat people that struggle with mental health is not really at all how, how God sees them. And so I just, that's like a challenge I have found with people different than us to really work on because it's it's easy for us to judge and assume being in the Christian community that it has to look a certain way. And I don't really think it does. It really doesn't. And I have to say, I've had a lot of exposure to people who with like maybe mental illness diagnosis is, and I'm, I'm always like, and or maybe disability diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, wow, every time I have a conversation with them, I'm getting a whole different perspective of God mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have had because their perspective is so different and how they view things. And I'm like, 
I grow as a result of interaction with these types of individuals. Right. And God is just not in a box. I've worked with a population in the past that was um, mainly um, young moms with addiction issues and struggles. And it's so easy to stigmatize that and think that because of they got into this addiction, they must have zero relationship with Jesus. When I've had conversations with them and I just feel Jesus coming off of them in their struggle and then trying to work on themselves. So I think that's on us as Christians and in the church to really empower people like that and and just love them and not make them feel worse or make the subject so taboo that they can't find freedom in that. We're a part of that. Like all of us as brothers and sisters are a part of that healing process. That's good. Well, we thank you for listening to us today. And I thank you for taking the time to listen to the end if you're listening to this. But the idea is what we're trying to do is just empower people to think differently Mm -hmm. That we can involve the, the concepts that we talk about in therapy with our Christianity and become really powerful individuals. Right. And it's just something that we just want to encourage people. If you're struggling with um, knowing whether you should be on medication mm-hmm. or going to counseling, give it a try. The right. worst thing that's going to happen if it is it doesn't work and you mm-hmm. just keep trying until you find the right combination. But I just really want to encourage people in that. Have a great day. See ya. Thanks for listening to Emotional and Spiritual Wellbeing with Sharon Wegman. For more resources or to have Sharon speak at your meeting or event, please visit wellspringssolutions.com.